Welcome to the Weathervane Podcast. I'm Brian McTeer from Weathervane Music, here again with the brainy, bearded, and flirtatious Peter English. Oh, man. Peter and I recorded these conversations back in 2014, and we're sharing them now, partly in anticipation of Peter's next big thing, which Peter's going to tell us about right now. Thanks, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been working on a podcast. Um, It's called The Long Play. It's about the. It's an insider look at the music industry, and it's about what it takes to make your passion into your career. Is that a, is that coming out soon, or is that a long term project? <laughs> well, it's coming out. It should be coming out in the fall of 2015. Uh, but what we're listening to now is actually the precursor to that whole thing. Uh, Brian and I recorded a lot of these conversations in 2014. Uh, and they're great conversations with recording artists about how they sustain and, and improve their craft. And today we're talking with Francis Quinlan from the band Hopalong. Brian, what's interesting about this? Well, fans of Shaking Through will remember our episode with Hopalong in 2013. Uh, they recorded the original version of their song Sister Cities mm-hmm. uh, for that episode. Uh, but since then, uh, they've signed a record deal with. Uh, the very well-respected label, Saddle Creek Records. Uh, And they've recently released the album, which is called Painted Shut. Yeah, it's an awesome record. It's doing really well. They're out on tour. Uh, And this conversation was really fun just because, you know, I don't know, like everybody, I love Frankie. And she's so thoughtful and she's introspective and reflective. And if you want to talk to somebody about their craft and their life, you know, what better qualifications would you want, you know? So this was a really fun conversation for us to get down into sort of the heart of, of why we do what we do. So let's have a listen. Let me ask you a little bit more about what you like to write about. And, and I, I have sort of two questions. Um, one is... A lot of your songs are... There's strong storytelling. It seems like that's in some ways like the main angle you're coming at, you know? Um, where are you looking for inspiration? Like, where or where, yeah, where are you looking? Where does it, fi- how does it find you? Where does it find you? Like, what is that process of like getting an idea for a story to tell or for a song to write? Uh, I'd have to say a lot of it comes from reading and I don't read nearly as much as I should. Um, and I think, and that's something I really, I've got to get going on uh, reading more because that's the kind of writing I want to do. Um, writing reading that what? pulls, oh, um, you know, all kinds of things. I try not to limit it. Limit it. Um, what did I last read? Um, fiction, nonfiction, short, long, all things. Mostly, mostly fiction, just because I don't. Mm. I have a very low tolerance sometimes for. I'm very surprisingly. I was a. I was able to read a the 20th century, uh, you know, it's the second half of people's history. It's like mm-hmm. the um, uh, extension of people's history that just talks about, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, the working class uh, protesters and yeah. scabs and uh, right. Okies and right. um, the, the labor movement stuff and labor movement, yeah. you know, why we have the eight hour day and, right. and how, how people, how so many more people than we realized were screwed yeah. <laughs> in that, right. in the, all those years. 
Uh, I really liked that book. Um, I'm having difficulty telling you about it because I don't remember a lot of it, but it was very, very engaging. Right. So I have difficulty with uh, remembering dates, and um, I'm very, I'm awful with math. I mean, my head's just an awful storage unit. <laughs> so that's why I write things down. I have like, yeah. I, and I have things written down from the past. I mean, when I was in college, there were things of interest that I that I learned about then that I try to express now. I mean, it's just. It, I just reach into the archives a lot on um, experience and the experience of others. Um, but reading helps that a lot, I think. Reading just helps right. you be engaged. Because when you're wrapped up in your head all day, it's just... I don't, I don't know how far you can really go in your own head. It's really got its right. limits, I've found. Because um, I'm in it all day. I really am in my own head all day. And it's, it's right. a blast. <laughs> <laughs> You say that with such conviction. Well, and there's two, I mean, there seems like there's sort of two competing, there seems to be like two competing philosophies. Look internal or look external. Um, and some writers are like, it's about the, it's like, it's about the knowledge of oneself. It's about, you got to write from what you know, you got to write your personal experience entirely. And other, other people are like, I do my research. I look in other places, you know, and obviously it's not like it's not binary like that. It's not like purely um, one or the other. But I, my sense from you and your songs is that it's often it starts with an idea that's outside of your head, and maybe you source some stuff internally, but you are looking for something like Sister Cities. That's not about you, is it? Uh, I mean, the the imagery in it is from from other. Sources. Right. I try to, you know, they all relate. I mean, they all relate back to me. Yeah. Um, there's always a line, a self-referential line, I think. But, but yeah, no, mostly, it definitely was inspired by the experiences of others. Right. And that's and that is something I'm trying. You know, it's it's not that uh, it's not that I hate to write about. My, I write about myself all the time. Right. But right. it's a it's again it's the fight against. What comes naturally, because I think we've been in, I think there's an indulgence that there's a dangerous indulgence of doing what comes easily, because there's so many mm. things that come more and more easily. You know, I mean, uh, especially if you're born into an easy life, if you're just born into things being easy, uh, you know, we, we start to forget that there there is another way to live that. It's just nothing we could ever fathom. It can it can become cloistered. Well, you start you just start to forget that there are other people, um, right, going through some shit. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I haven't really gone through shit. You know, right. <laughs> like not not a not what people very close to me have even gone through. Um, right. So while I really have no concept of that, I, I couldn't ever express the pain of, you know, uh, a soldier watching civilians die. You know, I've been watching that uh, Ken Burns World War II documentary. And you just watch that and you're just like, I just have no idea. just have no idea what. um, Even, you know, Americans in the 40s versus like the Polish in the 40s. I mean, just the disparateness between what what people knew as hardship and... Um, 
I'm not even sure why. I'm, I, I don't know what my, my knowledge of history is really, really poor. But I think right. I think Poland was having a hard time. That, if we can come to any conclusion today, it's that Poland was having a hard time in the '40s. Not a good time. Not a good time. <laughs> not a good time in Europe. Um, God. Anyway. Yeah. Well, do you feel like you? So, is writing a way of understanding, or trying to wrap your head around? Certainly, and I think, yeah, trying to, I, and you know, I do, I do desire connection, and I do desire feeling, feeling my own. You know, there's, there's stuff that I'm worried about at a constant rate, and I, and right. I do think I'm trying to get some of that across, which may or may not be detrimental to the songs, but, but there are other feelings that I'm just like, man, you know. Uh, we just don't think enough about how our minds are all going to go. Your your mind, who you think you are, goes. I mean, you know, you get old and you forget uh, pivotal moments in your life maybe. You forget, right. uh, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Right, and at I, a certain but, point it's just going to stop entirely. Yeah, and I, and I, and I feel a, a con- I feel a desire when I'm writing to tap into uh, maybe some of the unthinkable. But not, you know, it's not like I'm writing apocalyptic stuff or anything. It's really, no, it's, it's not very un- mundane, it's, unthinkable stuff. Well, it's not, it's not apocalyptic in the sense that it's not, we're not talking about like global unthinkable events. You're talking about in sort of like the human scale of it. Yeah. Uh, and I guess, you know, there's, I've never, I, I've never written, excuse me, I've never written a, um, an all-out love song. That's something I, I saw. Mm. I saw Angel Olsen a few months back, and I was yeah. just like, "God, she can write a love song, <laughs> like yeah. really." Yeah, she um, can. And I, I tried to start one, and it just became even darker than the <laughs> than the others before it. I don't know if I just got frustrated and gave in. I was like, "Fine, right. it's about a trailer." <laughs> And it's not that I, I mean, I, I you know, no, no. I know the yeah. feeling of being in love. I just, it's just, God, I don't know how to write about it. It, it eludes me. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. You know, I feel like we've gotten in on process and. Yeah, and I don't mean to sound as if I think that, uh, I just. Um, don't want me to sound like you sound like what? You know, I'm not. I'm. I really am not trying to be. Um, you know, I don't know. To say that we're doing. I'm doing it the wrong way or anything. But there really is. Just, there is. You just have no way of knowing how you're doing. I guess is the thing. Well, I think that that's beautiful though, and terrifying. It's all things at once, and I think it's an important thing to share because someone could look at you or anybody else, you know, and you know, and say, "Man." They know what they're doing. I don't. They're amazing. I yeah, suck. Well, you know, and just to say, like, listen, we're all looking for it is empowering. Yeah, you know, because there's some people that I think really, you know, there's people out there making music, and I, I, I just don't know. I mean, you know, when you, especially when you look at artists from the 60s and 70s that just seemed like they knew exactly what they wanted, and they had no time for your bullshit. They just wanted, they, they needed, they were going to get this across with or without you. Right. I mean, there were some cutthroat, Artists and I respect that. I mean, they yeah. they they did what they came to do. I think. Um, I mean, when you listen to Joni Mitchell talk, she just sounds like she's got she's 
just doesn't have time for your bullshit, which is, I love Joni Mitchell. I think she did some weird, some weird stuff and I commend her for that. I mean, like, you yeah. know, she influenced Bjork for Christ's sakes. Like, right, good work. Yeah. If you can yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's just not, I, I just don't know. I think maybe, maybe the time of those people isn't quite what it was. Cause I think you, especially if you were a woman back then, I'm, I'm sure you had to be, um, looking out for, for number one mm-hmm. back then. But, uh, and there was something in the, in the weather vane, uh, thing where I, I just felt like maybe it seemed like I was against writing about yourself. I, I, I'm not against it at all. If you, if you mm. have the experience, you know, I just, I just feel like I don't have much experience to right. really right. tap into yet. You know, maybe when I'm, I'm 50, I can sing <laughs> all <Right>. the regrettable, <laughs> All the regrets and do you, um, <laughs> do you feel like you need to like is that not does that drive you to go make bad decisions or something like do you feel like you're like oh this sucks I haven't experienced pain I need to go experience pain no I think that romance you know I think that's a crime yeah. against right. pain right pain is terrible right it's just people that go through what they go through I mean that, and that's a, that's a very sad thing that I think people you know people romanticize um, people romanticize coal miners and right. uh you know people that gave their lives to farming and stuff and it's like you can't that was brutal that that life was brutal and and a lot of those people lived those lives so that their kids didn't have to and 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 when it's romanticized that just mm. seems like uh it's doing the reverse of what it should i mean you know you, right um but we are you know but those people uh utah phillips said something um, about he's he was this great he's dead now but he was this really great um uh I guess anarchist yeah um and he was a storyteller and he talked about how you know the protesters from from those times from you know the 30s and earlier and um, maybe even you know when, I'm terrible with history I'm not sure when we got the eight hour day but the people before yeah. that time um he said they lived those extraordinary lives that cannot be lived again and that's true so why it's the I don't know. It's similar to when 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 kids say they wish they were born in the sixties. Like, no, you don't. Those people are idiots. Like, <laughs> they didn't know anything. They just they were caught up. And you know, right. I mean, there was a beauty to it. I don't I don't mean to speak badly of people from the sixties, but I mean, they're just people don't change. People are uh, circumstances change, and right. and the way we handle those circumstances. But people are people. Right. Uh, those people had to. Those people had to go through that. Or they would have been destroyed. A lot of them were destroyed. Um, it just they didn't want it to go on. Right, and and we have our own things that are going on now. That by romanticizing something else in the past, we're not even living what we're living now. Well, no, we're not. We're not learning. Romanticize. You don't really learn. I, I don't think properly from a romanticizing. I mean, that's something. Most I'd like to think most of us grew. You know, I'm not saying I'm not a romantic person in the least. I absolutely am. I have great hopes. Um, for a good life making music, which is just ridiculous, (laughs) absurd. But uh, no, I don't want to, you know, I I love too many people that have been through some pretty serious business to um, to say that I, uh, I mean, I do feel like they're much, they're wiser than me in in a number of ways, but that wisdom came at a, a price. Right. Wisdom of their price, right? 
So that's why I feel like I just need to read more and listen yeah, to people yeah, more, yeah, yeah. you know, because that stuff should be uh, properly documented, properly, you know, um, with respect and thoughtful regard, not not wrapped up neatly, you know. Right, allows it, allowing it to be messy like it was. Allowing it to be unanswered, maybe, like an unanswered right. question, like why do we suffer? Why do people go crazy? Why do, why does... You know, why does Alzheimer's exist? Right. You know, it's, it's an impossible question. You know, I don't know why it happens to, why do these things happen to people that have good hearts? I mean, you know, why do right. bad things happen to good people? <laughs> or why do bad, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are, it just these things happen. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, and well, what I think is interesting also is that you're, trying to channel that through your work yeah and i mean you know you get in the way you get in the way of your own work your own uh well I, but that's what makes say, it i guess it gives that gives it it's i was gonna say like you can call that getting in the way or you can call that um shaping or coloring you know what i mean like uh it, i wouldn't you may think like oh i'm screwing this up by being a presence here it's like well actually no like you're giving it you're endowing it, infusing it with the emotion that you have. You know what I mean? Like, I don't look at you as like an unfortunate bystander in the process. Like, it's important, you know? And there really is still so much to learn about the family. There's just, we still, you know, I think there's, there've been a lot of uh, family stories in our time, yeah. but, but I think there's still so much, um, so much there in mm. the story of a family. Mm. Is that the next record? All about the story of the family? Uh, no, it's a, it's definitely a story. It's once again stories about broken. It's more so stories about broken people, right? I would say. Yeah. Some people that are anonymous, and some people that, you know, from history, I guess. Right. From music history. I find that so fascinating that that's what your. I I have a fascination with people who. Um, not are broken, but play by their own rules, which is my own thing. Um, but I find it really interesting that that, like, that seems to be a, a thing with you. Like broken people, you've talked about that before. We've talked about that before. That's like you zero in on those people that haven't been heard, that are marginalized, that are like... Well, I shouldn't say broken either. I mean, like some of them, some of them were people that did not make it, that um, were right. eaten up by something or other. But some of them... Have grown to be, I mean, the character, the person, the are these real the people or the character? Well, the person that the character in Sister Cities is based on ended up being one of the best people I've ever met, like a really yeah. great heart. But I mean, you know, some people when they're young are, are yeah are broken and um, right, have broken to fix isn't it permanent. Right. Broken isn't permanent. Yeah, I mean, there's just well, you know, just in my experience, the people that I've met that you know, if, if you're a young, if you're a young person with any trust in you and that's and that's busted up. I mean, that's pretty hard to right um to mend. To yeah, to to uh to grow past that, you know. A lot of people don't. I mean, you look at people that were abused that become abusive. I mean, that's very common. Um but some people grow from that abuse into amazing people. Right. But the abuse is still heinous and uh, Right. It doesn't make it okay. No, and it doesn't make it romantic. You know, it's just right. it's the person that's uh, 
that's the thing, you know? Maybe if we were... No. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of remember that it's like... Anybody can be put through some some serious shit, but it just takes it just takes something to come out of that and not not carry any revenge. Right, any anger. Yeah, and I mean or vindictiveness, yeah. You know, people came back from, from some of that I don't even know what I'm you know, from war and from yeah. from poverty. I mean people people can those things can make a person very, very angry. That's uh, lived through it, and I just don't. Uh, I mean, that's why I like that war documentary so much. It, right. I mean, it, it takes all the romance out of the out of the war, and the explosions are so insane sounding. They did that like in like. Don't you can't fall asleep to the World War II documentary. <laughs> no, note to everybody. Bombs wake you. Don't do it. Wake you up right away. So, but so why does that stuff fascinate you so much? I mean, well, I generally have a fascination with with horror. Which is always, always, you've always had that. Yeah, I mean, I, I had I had a terrible fear of spiders. I've always had a terrible fear of spiders growing yeah. up. And when I was like three or something, my mom took me. I went to this like environmental center for like preschool, and uh, so it was this like preschool. But they would also bring in uh, fossils and turtle shells and bird feathers because it was like a bird sanctuary across the street. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very hippy dippy. <laughs> school in retrospect I guess yeah but uh you know they had a little they had a weird little like nature gift store um capitalist pigs (laughs) they had a little call them out call them out right now (laughs) no no it was a great place it was a magical (laughs) place um it really was and my mom said I could pick out you know a stuffed animal and I found I don't know why they had it I found a a fuzzy squeaky spider you could like it was like a puppet, yeah. Which I, God, I wish I could find it. Um, it's it's just somewhere in my my mom's house. But I picked that, and she's like, "That's what you want? You serious? That's what you want?" And I was like, "Yes." And it plagued me for the rest of my life because you know there's sh- shadows play around in the night, oh, and no. I would just see the spider moving on the chair. But I was fascinated with stuff like I had spider books. I would just stare at them. Right. So even though it terrified you, it also fascinated you at the same. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because I was a bored, weird kid. I mean, you know, kids well, are weird. Every all kids are weird. <laughs> yeah, this weird is true. Kid. All kids are weird. We can <laughs> we can definitely all... conclude that. But it's funny because growing up, for me, I from a very young age was terrified of like oceans, like big big bodies of water. Just couldn't deal with it. Didn't like it. Yet every day after school, I would go home and into the back backyard, and I'd turn on the hose, and I'd make streams and brooks, and I'd like play with water on a small scale at the same time that I was terrified of it on a larger scale. So there is that like... That sounds more therapeutic, like you were constructive. I, I were think I must have, I must have, I must have I been like dealing with something in some way, but I don't know where that's from. But like to say that like that which scares you also draws you in. Yeah, you know, maybe it's a desire to... I mean, fear, you know, we fear what we do not understand. Yeah. So it sounds like you were trying to understand understand it probably and and that's always good um i think is that what you're doing with your songwriting in a way well i shouldn't make it you know they're really not you know i don't really sing about atrocities i guess you know or (laughs) or (laughs) well no but are you alive by spiders (laughs) but are you dealing with things by writing about them or like is there some level of 
catharsis? Oh, absolutely. I think like, and I think that again is the, um, catharsis is a very earnest, uh, pursuit, I guess, you know, uh, seeking a higher, to feel, you know, on a higher place than, than, you know, to happen to something larger. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like when David Foster Wallace talks about the constant inner monologue. You're trying to break through that. You're trying to break through. Uh, yeah. Through the wall that is you. I guess. Yeah. Um. And especially, you know, people that are good listeners, that their wall seems less rigid. I sometimes I feel like, you know, when I, when you're. I don't know. It's the pursuit of. I guess it's the pursuit of. of of self betterment, I guess writing writing yeah in some way I think so, you know because when you when I'm writing I'd like to think that I am more concerned about others when in the day to day it's it's the monologue right. I was wondering that <laughs> yeah um, but I think it's like that for a lot of people I think a lot there have been a lot of people that um, were the best versions of themselves through their music, especially when you read about the Beatles, man, Mm. like those guys, (laughs) what they did on the side. Yeah. You know, I mean, they made amazing music. Right. Just leave it at that. Amazing music. Right. I'm not saying that they're bad people, you know, but they were definitely people. They were... We are all definitely people. (laughs) (laughs) No better than than you or I, I'll say. But, uh, But yeah, but they made absolutely... Their music transcended. I mean, you'd like to think so, at least, right? You know. Do you feel the most yourself when you're on stage, or when you're performing, or singing, or when you're writing, or? When I started out, I did. Um, as as I've gotten older, it's a struggle. You know, opening yourself and being because when I think when you're most, I'm most myself when I feel uh, able to trust in something mm. outside of myself. Okay. You know, I mean that's that's what that's when you're able to really be yourself, right? When you when you trust that there's uh there's nothing out there to get you. I mean like it's you're you're an equal in this world, you know. Sometimes I think sometimes when we're taught to believe that we're unique and special. I mean every you know we that we're not all exactly the same, of course. Um but when you alienate yourself and and um you're not connected to other things. Yeah, or you're not, or you're thinking, well, what is you know, when you're not connecting, you're you're thinking, well, what do they think of me, and what do how are, how is this affecting me? And you're not, right. you're not seeing the actual like color of the bricks on the building, you know, that you're walking past. You're not seeing things as you're walking. I mean, I just ran into a friend today. I was looking down at my phone trying to find your address, <laughs> and I'm just like walking, looking at my phone, which is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, people get killed doing that. I mean, I was walking on the sidewalk, but but a friend of mine just grabbed me and swung <laughs> me around like three times. And I was like, I gotta look up when I'm walking. <laughs> Guys, right. a menace. Um, but you like to trust. You need to step outside of yourself, or you feel more like yourself when you step out of side of that. God, I don't know. You know, I, I you know, on, I feel most myself when I'm when I'm writing I think now yeah. I it used to be very much about performing but then you get to a point where it does get a little bit formulaic the performance you know right. it's very hard to make You've every single it. performance unique uh, 
as you get older and you've just done so many, you know, uh, you know, you, you know that there are certain things that work. I do. I mean, like I love, I love playing. I really do. Right. Um, I don't know how people do those really long three quarters out of the year tours. That That's right. a little bit, uh, if I could go home every day, maybe, yeah. or I could be by myself for a second every day. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's a grind. Being, uh, yeah, being in a box, going to another box, <laughs> you know, yeah. nobody wants that. Yeah. <laughs> most of us have to do it, but I don't think most people want that. Yeah. It's very nice to uh, do what you like. It's a luxury. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a deserved luxury that we all should have. Hell and then yeah. uh, we could all like work in a community garden. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do, how, about, how about we do that? It uh, starts right now. <laughs> sounds terrible. Uh, all right, Frankie. This has been great. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right. Well now, Francis is awesome. What a charmer. (laughs) Uh, I guarantee you, to those of you listening out there, that you'll be hearing many, many, many more things uh, from her and about her and from Hopalong for for years to come. And that Mm -hmm. makes us really happy. The Weathervane Podcast is a production of Weathervane Music and was edited by Matthew R. Poirier. Today's theme music comes from Hopalong's Shaking Through recording of their song, Sister Cities, the original version. Uh, watch the episode at weathervanemusic.org slash shakingthrough slash hopalong. Your hosts are me, Brian McTeer, and Peter English. He has a new podcast that he thinks is all the rage. It's called The Long Play, and you can find out more at thelongplaypodcast.org. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Brian. Ha, ha, ha.